Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. $100 million to spend Ooh. however he sees fit to try to turn around the NFL's worst team. And frankly, almost as importantly in today's world, the NFL's most irrelevant team. The Jags are a once again a factor. They are relevant. They're a real squad with real expectations. We're going to talk to Cardell Jones here in just a moment. You might remember him, of course, the Ohio State quarterback, led Ohio State to the championship with Urban Meyer. We'll dig inside Cardale's mind on exactly, if you're skeptical about Meyer, considering Key's never been at the NFL level, what would make Urban Meyer a great NFL head coach, a guy that knows him unlike any other, and they climb the mountaintop together all the way to the top to the championship. Cardale will be here in just a moment. 12 Gage is joining us, but I I smell Jacksonville Jaguar backup 12 Gage, Cardale oh, Jones. I okay. smell it. Oh. I smell it. Whoa. I smell it. I smell it. I'm just saying, I smell it. If he's healthy, I smell it. It's a well, great that, point. That, that means we're about to get the Urban Meyer sermon. Well, I, I think if you think about it, though, Jay, a lot of coaches, when they go from college to the pros or from pros to another pro team, they always like to get a few of their guys to teach their program. Chip they did don't, it. Well, with, a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. Dennis Dixon I mean, with a Chip lot, Kelly. A lot of people, when they go into new environments, they want somebody to teach the program. Not necessarily the offense or the defense, just how we go about doing business as professionals. And, and so it would be interesting, and I'd like to ask Cardell if, in fact, he wants to continue to play football if given an opportunity to go to training camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Would he yeah. accept it? That's Remember, the first question, Key, right there. I want to hear that answer. We'll ask him about it. Obviously, he was there with the Chargers for a bit. He was there in the XFL until uh, that folded. So it'll be really interesting. Cardale eventually is going to join us here in minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. And at 8 a.m. on the Goodyear Hotline, we're going to be joined by Bill Parcells to really dig into divisional weekend and maybe – the toughest thing he had to do. I mean, he turned around the Jets. He brought the Giants two Super Bowls. And then, obviously, he managed Key, which would probably be right at the top of the list. <laughs> I, I, but, I, but I knew he was Full getting ready to go gig, there. Zubin. I know you, I, but I, I know Zubin. I knew he was getting ready to <laughs> reference that he had to manage me or he dealt with me. Something along those lines. It's not as hard as you think, though. Gotcha. All right. So, Urban's going to have to manage a situation here where he's going to have a million responsibilities. <laughs> First thing it leads to is Trevor Lawrence is out there. Obviously, he knows Justin Fields from the Ohio State Connection. Ryan Day, all of that. They could obviously package all the picks and move down. They're picking number one for the first time in franchise history, and they have one win, so they have a ton of holes to fill. More intrigued by what you think Urban would do at the quarterback position. Well, I think it, it, it's his staff. What offense is he going to run? Who is he bringing in to call the plays? Uh, because what he did at Ohio State and what he did at Florida certainly isn't going to work in the National Football League on a consistent basis. Yeah, you can run some RPOs, but you certainly don't want your quarterback running the football 25 times a game, not in the National Football League. He's smart enough to know that. I think you're going to go and see more of what he did at Utah if you are familiar with what he did at Utah with Alex Smith, Mm -hmm. who became the number one overall pick for the San Francisco 49ers. It was a little bit of RPOs. He expanded that. Once he got Tim Tebow at Florida, even with Chris Leak, he didn't do as much. Cam Newton was there, and then he had to leave to go to junior college. Tim Tebow takes over, uh, shares time with Chris Leak, and then this RPO game uh, with Dan Mullen as the offensive coordinator kind of started to take off, and then he retired, took a few years off, comes back to Ohio State. Nothing changed at Ohio State from an offensive standpoint. Because Trestle, who was the coach there before, mm-hmm. left a pretty talented roster. 
if you go back and you think about it, Terrell Pryor was doing some of the same principles Mm -hmm. that Urban Meyer did at Florida with Tim Tebow and Chris Leak. He goes to uh, he goes to Ohio State, and all of a sudden, the, it it started to kind of take shape of its own. Braxton Miller, then J.T. Barrett, Cordell Stewart, then he moves Braxton to wide receiver. He started to coach everybody up, get better players, recruiting. Whether it was the Bosa boys down in in Fort Lauderdale and Michael Thomas, and it just started to get guys and that system lived on Ryan day then takes it and expands on it less RPOs more passing so it'll be interesting to see what it is that he wants to do in Jacksonville toward the pro game and who he hires to call the plays and design things from an offensive coordinating standpoint got to have the right coaches it's not college football these guys are making millions of dollars it's not the same this will be the first time in his coaching career that players could potentially be making more money than him. So that conversation is different mm. with that player than it is in college, Jay. Agreed. Agreed. So when I wanted to go back to your Trevor Lawrence comment, um, the interesting part about this for me is that when I think about Urban Meyer, it's, he's in a really unique position, right? Like Just because everybody wants you to move doesn't mean that you need to move. But when you have you know, some football experts, I love when I say that because then Key always rolls his eye about football. Who, who are the football experts um, that say Trevor Lawrence is a generational type oh, quarterback since, since <laughs> Andrew Luck, right? Um, what is the value of Trevor Lawrence to the marketplace? And who is willing to give me the house for a guy like Trevor Lawrence if I do like Justin Fields? So, you know... Look, I, I think the hype about Trevor Lawrence, now look, I, I think he's a special talent. I don't know if he's generational. I can't assess football. I don't have that kind of eye in football, right? Hey, Jay. Yes. When people start talking about once in a lifetime, generational, I'm just like, and you say I roll my eye, because, I, come on, man, dude's in I know, college. He, That's I why I'd be like, let him get in the pros and do what he did at Clemson, then start to talk about once in a lifetime. But, Key, you know, some, a lot of people are going to go in that direction, you know, regardless of whether fine. you think it's right or not, right? No, so that's if, fine. If they are, like, you, 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 Do you. you say, hey, look, you guys want him? Show me how much you want him. Great. I know what I like in my mind. I know what kind of style I potentially want to play, who I want to bring on as my OC and my staff. So let me just leverage the marketplace and, and get value. And that, and that may be something that Urban Meyer and his uh, soon-to-be general manager and pro personnel director decides to do. You know, it, look. What if, just a what if, what if the Jacksonville Jaguars say to the Houston Texans, and this is just a what if, throw it out there, people can get mad all they want, I don't care. You can have the number one overall pick, you can have this, 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 and this, and this, and that, because I want Deshaun Watson. So we're in January. A million things could happen between January and April about who's going where, what pieces are being put in place? Uh, you just don't know. You got to kind of let it take shape. Let it let it marinate a little bit before we start predicting this is what's going to happen, matter of fact. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not, you know, Jay, I'm not a matter of fact guy. I'm a wait and see guy. Yeah, it's fluid. I'm with you, kid. You know how I am, man. I'm going to wait and see. I know. Two things I would just add. One He's going to rag on me here. Sports Center guy, just a stickler. I, I just want <laughs> you to got send, 30 seconds. Follow up stat. Send a follow note to all stat. your NFL people because I know you deal with the NFL all day. 
you can't be a generational player if the last generational player was drafted in 2012. Okay? A generation is not nine years. Okay? Elway to Lawrence would be a generation. Hey, man. They said I don't. Make sure it ain't me, N- Zubin. At the NFL Live meeting today, make sure you tell them it's not generational if the last generational guy was less than 10 years ago. Okay? That's Tre- Trevor Lawrence is a gym. There's no question about it. He is, he's been good ever since baby. his freshman year when he beat Alabama and he played well. There's no question about it. But these things change. We don't know what these coaches want. Just because we want a guy to be selected at a certain spot doesn't mean anything. I mean, think about it. Uh, uh, Chase Young was selected with the number two pick to to the Washington football team. Do you think that they wasn't jumping up and down when he landed right in their lap? Two defensive-minded guys in Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. I mean, like, they was like, oh, my goodness. There's no doubt about it. Last thing I would just say about Meyer, he's had the health issues in his last two jobs, so we've got to keep tabs of that. And also, he's just a guy that's had success from day one, whether he was coaching Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. Worst record he's ever had anywhere in 17 years is 8-5, and five, and that's after he had Wait wonders. a minute, man. Where's Cordell Joe? I'm going to find him. <laughs> I tried not to bring got this up. us. I'm going to Got him. us this morning. No, that's all right. So they're, they're telling me when somebody uh, stiffs us to be gentle with them. No, so. you. I got this. <laughs> Say, Cordell, I got it. I'm going to Car- get him. Don't Car- worry. Key, he didn't want to come on the show. He didn't want to mess up that chance for that backup quarterback position. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm all over, ask him some I'm all over 12 gauge. That's all right. We've been stiffed in the last two days by a national championship winning coach <laughs> and national championship winning <laughs> quarterback. Hey. Please, somebody no, like he, us. He, didn't, he didn't stiff us. His phone is on silent. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. It's early. It's early. On the way, it's never too early to talk about the divisional games. We're ready to go. Two big ones Saturday, two big ones Sunday. The fellas weigh in on what we're about to see this weekend. That's next on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubis. He sure won the MVP. That's how to block your shot, Jay. <laughs> what are you talking about, Key? You don't want this smoke. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. I believe I will not coach again. Are you fairly certain? Like certain, yes. Urban Meyer, the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything lined up perfectly in place for Urban Meyer to make the jump. What do I do with the number one overall pick? Potentially Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback. I'm Urban Meyer, and I like Justin Fields because I help recruit him. I know him. How quickly could he put together a contender in Jacksonville? That last question from Mike Greenberg is really the question all Jags fans, long-suffering Jags fans, Want to know? It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Ooh. And Key, guess who's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline? Brought to you by Goodyear, helping the you guy who was late. The road ahead, Goodyear, <laughs> more driven. Say, man, come on, twelve gauge man. You, what you, happened to you? Uh, hey, you're going to get fined for being late. You know the deal. Connection issues, man. Connection oh. issues. No, that's not what happened. Now <laughs> you're going to sit up here and lie to me on our show when you know damn well somebody called you and texted you. He's like, yo, man, you're supposed to be on this show. What you doing? They're talking about you right now. He was in that good sleep, kid. Uh, he was in that good sleep. No. Let me ask you this, uh, Cardell. Coach Meyer just took that job in Jacksonville, as you know. Are you ready to get back in it? Are you ready to get back in it and get out on the field and start throwing the ball? Oh, for sure, man. I never I never stopped getting after it because I knew opportunity potentially, not just what Coach Meyer can potentially arise. And, um, yeah, you know, you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. So if, 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 in fact, Coach Meyer comes to you and says, we want to bring you in and, and take a look at you, get you through training camp, mini camp and all, are you ready to go? Oh, for sure. For okay. sure, and he just saw me a couple of days ago at the national championship game, and he know what type of shape I'm in, and um, you know from the weekly podcast that I do up here, he see me every other week. He know, you know, um, I'm still passionate about the game, and he know I'm still, you know, in it to win it, pretty much. Okay, so how surprised were you when you found out that Coach Meyer was going to take an NFL job? Uh, actually, none, because like I said before, just the relationship that we have already, the conversations that we had over. You know, the last couple of months when the buzz started to happen for him getting back into college coaching, actually. Um, and I think that uh, I'm like, I'm excited for him because it, it had to take an organization like Jacksonville. It had to take a team for him to be in a position to kind of almost help rebuild and um, to have an opportunity to, to take that next level coaching. So at, at Ohio State, in, in this conversation, Cardell, and I'm sure you've heard heard now for since this broke the offense, what is he going to run? Is it going to be the same RPO game and all the people trying to dissect the offense at, at Ohio State? Can what y'all ran transfer to the National Football League, given the fact that you've been in the NFL before? Um, I, I think so. I think it takes the right pieces. That's all. I mean, I can envision it. If Coach Meyer wanted to run something like, you know, what the Chiefs are um, – or uh, Arizona running, you know, a lot of things like that. I think it can definitely – you got to have that guy first and foremost to to be able to make those plays, get out of the pocket, to make unscheduled plays and unscheduled throws. But um, that's who's going to depend on who he drafted number one as well. So I think – I mean, I haven't heard anything about his coaching staff. I don't know if you guys have, but I have no history or information on these guys. And that's going to depend on the quarterback. 
12 gauge. I first off want to say, I, I hope I see you on the field next year, man. Just the way you've handled yourself and how you've grown. Uh, I, I pray it happens for you, man. So best of luck with that. And secondly, I'll just say, you know, how, what do you, what can we expect from coach coach urban Meyer as a rookie head coach? What makes him unique? What makes him different that nobody else really knows that, you know, I think his ability, first of all, thank you. And I appreciate it. I hope I'm on the field as well, but I think his ability to motivate, I think his ability to connect with players and find out what makes them go, what makes them tick, um, it's going to be a little curveball for him. The way you do it with recruiting in college is you, you don't necessarily threaten a player with recruiting and recruiting passing because he coached at a place like Ohio State, Florida, uh, Notre Dame, top places where you're going to get the top recruits in each position every other year. And so for him to find that new motivating factor, for him to find the new buttons to push for these grown men, um, I'm pretty sure it's a challenge for him. But it's a challenge that he's willing to take clearly that he knows that taking his job in the NFL, taking his job in the NFL. But um, I think another thing that really was enticing to Jacksonville to hire him is he has success on every level of coaching that he had, and he has a huge impact on a lot of his players still who left his program and played in the NFL. You know, speaking of success, will he have success at the first pick in the draft? And, you know, do you trade that pick? Or, you know, tell me what you think, 12-Gage, about what – is there a gap between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields? Um, I think the only real gap, honestly, is maybe uh, experience and the um, sample size. Justin, I mean, Justin clearly only a two-year starter and Trevor three years, and Trevor's just more proven because of experience. And I think the number one pick is going to determine who you're going to hire as your offensive coordinator and what you envision for this team and the piece that you have right now to potentially go out there and try to win some games. I'm not you know, I personally don't have, you know, super high expectations to the team overall. I don't know if they're going to do it all season, moving forward with a lot of different players. But I think that whatever offense they put themselves in and get ready to go for the 2021 NFL season, is that's how they're going to determine a number one pick. And who's to say it's Justin or, you know, Trevor or someone else out there? I think it just all has to depend on whatever offense they pick and – um, you, you think about what a young quarterback, you don't want to put him in a position where you ask him to do things that he's not comfortable with or not as good as. Cordell Jones, former Ohio State Buckeye National Championship quarterback, is joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. I forgot to mention future Jaguar gotcha. quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, though. Yeah, speaking into the distance for me. I, I got exactly. you, dog. Don't even worry about it. You know, I I, I got you. Don't even trip. But um, let me ask you a little bit about what's going on in the NFL with coaching hires and firings. Coach Lynn was let go a couple weeks ago of the L.A. Chargers. You know Coach Lynn very well, and you kind of know the Chargers situation. Who should they hire that's available out there um, to get the young quarterback Justin Herbert continue his progress moving forward, so he could get his team at some point in the playoffs. Um, that's a great question, and um, honestly, in my personal opinion, I don't have much much experience with a lot of different coaches. Coach Lynn was definitely my guy, but if I had to pick one, I, I, uh, golly, he just took the job at um, the Falcons, actually the OC for the Titans, I think. Smith, Arthur Smith. If it was, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if it was a guy, because I love what he did was kind of almost, what do you call it, almost bringing Tannehill's career back to life. You yeah. know, he, he's not actually got to do anything out of his power. 
But if I had to pick a guy that was in-house in that facility that I know personally already, I'm going to go with a guy like Shane Steichen, the quarterback coach who made the, you know, the jump to the offensive coordinator after they left the offensive coordinator to go with Ken Wisenhunt, I think, last year, early last year. Because this guy, I mean, he put Justin, he put the offense in a position to win. I mean, he got all these unbelievable numbers and starting as a rookie and things like that. And why, you know, put him with someone else new? Why put him in a different system? You know, why put different pieces around him where he hit the ground running? I mean, not saying that, you know, they lost because of other reasons, whatever it may be, injuries, you know, or whatever it may be. But I, I, I might keep it as in-house as possible to make that transition for his first year to second year as smooth as possible. Mm -hmm. Cardell Jones is joining us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. One more for you, Cardell. I want to go back to Urban. I just want you to get into the specifics of this. Whether it's Lawrence, whether it's Fields, whether it's you, as Keith said, perhaps in the quarterback room as well, you have unique insight to this that nobody else does because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything. That's a cliche, but everybody agrees with that in the NFL, and the Jags need one desperately this year. What does he do, Meyer, that specifically gets the best out of any quarterback? Um, I just I think it goes back to that motivating factor, and he found what made guys tick. And he, he found what pushes guys. I mean, if it's a, a competitive thing as um, pushing them with another guy in the room or if it's a, um, this is a family thing or if it's a pride thing, whatever it may be, he got a great way of connecting with players and making you feel like, man, I don't want to just lose this game for – or I just don't want to just not perform for my team, but I don't want to let my guy down, my head coach down. You know, he got an unbelievable way of connecting with guys that, that really make you – a feel of, um, I want to say, um, almost like you owe him. It's, it's just a crazy feeling playing for a guy like that that you, you know, you definitely uh, kind of want to make proud. But I'm excited to see this, man, because, you know, I hear all the things out there that he can't do this, he can't do that, or, you know, his way of coaching. Uh, I think he's going to shock a lot of people with his Jacksonville team. Cardio, real quick before we let you go finally, I know we keep saying that, but <laughs> No, Expl- all good, all good. <laughs> explain to our listeners, because there's a few people out there, including our producers, they want to know where did the nickname 12 Gauge come from? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so clearly, we're, I wore for our listeners out there, I wore number 12 in college, and, uh, and uh, I always had a, a decent arm. Strong arm. And, <laughs> and uh, just. You know, first day getting on campus, I was I was forced by a guy named John Simon in the All Pro Center named Corey Lindley for the Green Bay Packers. And we played one year with those guys, but after workouts and stuff like that, you know, I used to go throw the ball around with some receivers, and those guys used to make you do the crazy thing with the football. Like, hey, drop them down on your knees and from the forty and throw it through the end zone, or the other forty, <laughs> or or hey, throw this ball all the way down there in the net and stuff like that. And some of the stuff that used to make me do, I actually used to surprise myself. Because it was out of so much fear that they was yelling at me to tell me to do something. It was like, put up or shut up. Hmm. So they came from uh, those guys and a guy named Michael Bennett. Like, golly, the guy got a 12-gauge. So (laughs) ironically, it came from a majority of defensive players seeing I had a strong arm. Can you go from the 20 to the 20? (sighs) Let's see. I don't know. I was was young back then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
There you go, Zubin. That's a 60-yard throw. That's tough. So the motivation to live up to the nickname 12-gauge and the motivation that Meyer is going to bring to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Incredible insight this morning from Cardell Jones. Thanks for joining us this morning, Cardell. Thank you. Good luck, Cardell. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Go back to sleep, man. You good. (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, here's the thing. It almost seems apropos that Cardell was on with us a segment late because, I mean, what was he known best for in his college career? He rallied. (laughs) <laughs> came off the bench and won the championship. All right, so, there you go, yeah. Zubin. He okay, rallied Zubin. better late yeah. than never. Yeah. Joined us on the program. Love the 12-gauge story because that is kind of like, why in the world would yeah. that be the case? Yeah, yeah. I, I knew it had something to do with his arm, obviously, in the number 12, but then the story behind it uh, is fascinating. Indeed. The stories Greeny tells every morning on his show worth tuning in for. It follows Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny, as always, taking you inside the stories of the day, as only Mike can. The newsmakers, the A-listers, everyone you would expect. He'll interact with you every single weekday morning. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin writing to Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Let's go to SportsCenter, and then we'll get into the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But first, the... J-A-G-S, Jags, Jags, Jags. Urban Meyer has been hired as Jacksonville's head coach. You know the deal. Now, this is a very interesting situation. Urban's never been in the NFL. They have the number one overall pick. They need a quarterback. As 12 Gage just said, he works wonders with quarterbacks. 100 mil in cap room. 11 draft picks. Also, a talented television broadcaster. (laughs) Those days are over, baby. He is back and he is in the NFL. The NFL made two head coaching hires yesterday one was urban the other was robert sala he is the defensive coordinator of the 49ers he was there for the last four years and he will become the head coach of the new york jets this will be another minority coach in the nfl joining mike tomlin brian flores and the washington football team's ron rivera sala will bring along mike lafleur the 49ers passing game coordinator if that surname means anything to you it is the brother of the Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, and Diana Rossini, our great NFL insider reporter this morning, that Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator of the Titans, has been offered the Falcons job. So two jobs down, maybe Atlanta by the end of the day. We'll have Diana with us if indeed anything does break. And the break between the Rockets and James Harden, of course, is official. The Rockets moved on with their lives. They defeated the Spurs last night, 109-105. It was the first time in almost nine years, fellas that they had a game there that Harden wasn't on the roster for. The Rockets, the Nets, by the way, will play their first game in this new era tomorrow against the Magic at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed immediately delivers quality candidates from their resume database. When you upgrade your job post, it's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at Indeed.com. Slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. The Jets are hiring former 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala as their new head coach. Sides agree on a five-year deal. Reminds me a lot of Rex Ryan and Herm Edwards. The calm of Herm Edwards, but the fire of Rex Ryan. Michael LaFleur, who is the passing game coordinator in San Francisco, is expected to follow Sala to New York to become the Jets offensive coordinator. In one moment, we'll talk to a guy who played for Gang Green, now gets paid to talk about him every day on the radio. But before we talk about Robert Sala, I want to invoke what Key just said with regard to two former uh, Jet coaches. It's like the Jets coaching carousel. And you kind of mentioned Jeez. Rex Ryan. I'm just speaking the truth. No, I know. I, no, I, I get it. I'm just like thinking in my mind, man, they go through coaches. So you mentioned Rex. You mentioned Herm. Uh, just a minute ago earlier in the program, the viewers and listeners just heard it. Take us inside what you're talking about there. Well, I, I guess uh, let me let me explain it because I don't want to sound 
contradictory myself there. Um, Herm Edwards is calm. When things start to get kind of chaotic, there is no stress on his face. There's no everything is just at bay. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by the calm part of Herm. Rex is fiery as a defensive coordinator, and that is how Salah is. He's fiery as a DC. You can do both. When things are going hectic, you can be calm. When you are when you are kicking butt and you dialing it up as a defensive coordinator, you also can get fired up. So that's what I mean. I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm just saying stuff, throwing it against the wall and hope it sticks. No, it makes sense. Those two guys tried to make their market with the Jets. And, and both Solo. were successful. No doubt. Mm-hmm. No, no matter doubt. what. They didn't win Super Bowls, but both were successful as Jet head coaches. We'll see how much success Salah has. The Salah tenure now has begun just hours old. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're joined this morning on the Goodyear Hotline by Bart Scott, who played 11 years in the NFL, most notably to many in the tri-state area, of course, with the Jets. He's the host or co-host of Barden Hahn, along with Alan Hahn, weekdays from noon to 2, right here on ESPN Radio and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Okay, Bart, what do you make of this move? Robert Sala is the new head coach of the New York Jets. Hey, Mick. Well, you got to get a phone that worked first, Uh-oh. dog. See, oh, Bart, no. What's going on with our guests this morning, Key? What? Bart, Bart you're um, this? Great. great. Uh, Hello? Oh, man. Oh, man. Bart, you there? Yeah, I can hear everything y'all saying. Go for it. I, you know, I think this hire for Joe Douglas was not about going to get somebody that was great on the defensive side of the ball or getting somebody on the offensive side of the ball. It was about getting somebody that was a leader of a man, men, somebody who can command the room, somebody who can handle complex personalities. And I know, you know, he had Richard Sherman out there. He had D Ford, you know, Bosa. It's about that, right? Because I know for a fact that, you know, this Jet team really was looking at some characters, so to speak. And, you know, they didn't feel like, you know, the last regime could handle those type of personalities. You know, so if you want to go in and make sure you, you get some guys like, yo, you can't have a bunch of choir boys. You got to be able to have some people that have some complex, um, you know, personalities, people that are a little colorful, but they're good football players. And you got to, you can't have a full locker room of them. You know, Keyshawn was one of them. He's just on the offensive side of the ball. You got to have some guys that you can you have to rein in a little bit to do that. You got to have a powerful head coach that can create a environment and create a a place where you know it's a it's a it's a place of respect. And but we all embrace our differences. When you look at Sam Darnold, the number two overall pick, and a defensive minded coach coming in, but may bring an offensive pass game coordinator in LaFleur from the San Francisco 49ers, brother of Matt LaFleur, Mike. Is Sam Darnold now looked at differently? No, absolutely. That's why you make that pick. I think you make this pick because of the staff in which Salah can put together and the staff that he can put together, you know, gives quarterbacks a margin of error. You know, we were talking about it, and Sam Darnold was rumored, hey, if he can't, you know, play here, maybe send him out to Kyle Shanahan, you know, that could be a tremendous place for him to go. Well, this is just another way, a backdoor way of, of kind of doing the same thing. You know, you think about the Baker Mayfields, you think about the Kirk Cousins. Not every coach and not every player is 100% in every scheme. You know, only the great ones are can be successful in every, every scheme. You know, like the Brett Favre, like the Aaron Rodgers, like the Tom Brady's. 
you know, everybody can't be successful in, in every um, scheme. So you want to have somebody who are built for the scheme. Sam Darnold will be built for his mobility, his ability, play action, hard running game. You know, Joe Douglas comes from Baltimore. He comes from Philadelphia. You know, they had Jay Ajayi, you know, Jamal Lewis, you know, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. These are all guys that set everything up and set off physicality in between the trenches. Joe Douglas, a former offensive lineman, understands that. He understands that you open up windows by play action and, and, and really manipulating the eyes of the safeties and the linebackers. To do that, you've got to have, you know, a run game underneath the center, be able to get guys to be able to be effective. And I think that's what they did. Bart Scott of Barton Hahn, weekdays on ESPN Radio. Um, Bart, so when you look at it, what do you do with the number two pick now? Do you go get Penny Sewell from the uh, Oregon Ducks, or do you trade out of that spot and still pick up a offensive lineman along with a, a receiver in the middle of the first round? Now, you, you, you definitely go with Sewell, right? It's about making that, making that wall. You know, the games are won or lost in the trenches. You know, and, and to do that, and the last time the Jets had success, they drafted Nick Mangold, they drafted the Brickershaw Ferguson, brought in Damon Woody, traded for Alan Fanica. You know, that's what they're trying to do here. Now, if they can go get Sewell, that's going to give Sam Darnold courage on both of his edges. You go out and get a guy like Sheriff um, from, um, you know, Washington, or you go out and get a guy like Tooney because you got money to spend in a cash-strap uh, free agency. And now you now the run game and the pass game is secure you know, the, 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 I believe the, the most value that's going to be in the future of our football game, it used to be that you just take a running back and it's plug and play. Now it's receivers because the college game is all about throwing the ball. So you have guys that are more ready to get off jam, press, understand how to read the rotation of safeties. You have guys that are, are, are coming out of the game that are ready to plug and play day one from a receiver position. You know, people want to talk about the Smith kid that won the Heisman. He wasn't even the best guy on his, on his, on his team. You know, and you think about the, the kid that, that opted out from Minnesota, Purdue. The, 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 the... Bart, you there? Looks like we may have lost Bart Scott on the connection there. Deep. Oh. You know, lock down the um, – you can lock down the, um, the offensive line, go get a receiver, and also this, this free agency is going to be full of a couple of good receivers as well. And then you go get solid what he wants in free agency and in the second round uh, of the draft. Bart, I need you to stand still for this. Stop moving around when you talk for this last question. Okay, man. Um, I got you. <laughs> take me from New York, and I need a quick answer. From New York to Florida, specifically Jacksonville, what are your initial thoughts on Urban Meyer? I mean, I think it's going to be dangerous because the first thing Urban Meyer is going to have to realize, and I don't know if he's realized this, that he's dealing with grown men. You can't control um, uh, professionals like you can college players, and that's usually the biggest transition that college coaches have to realize is the fact that, you know, this is a partnership, not a dictatorship, which it is in college. And the sooner he realized that, the better off he's going to be because he's never done it on his level. Uh, he's going to have to figure it out, and he's going to have to figure it out in short order in a division that has two good teams that's in their window, whether you talk about Tennessee and you talk about, uh, you talk about Indianapolis. So, I, I mean, if, I'm, if I got that first pick, this is going to be dangerous because it could be two to three years before you see the fruits of your labor. And if that's the case, does Jacksonville get impatient? 
It's an excellent point by Bart, and I would say the team that Bart didn't mention might have the best quarterback of the division for the moment. Excellent point there by Bart, obviously referencing Deshaun there and the Texans along with the other competition that's made the AFC South a very sneaky competitive division. You can listen to Bart along with his co-host Alan Hahn this afternoon and every weekday afternoon from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio <laughs> and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Bart, have a great show today. Really appreciate the perspective. All, All right, right Thick Nick. Jeez. Yet another thing you can say that I can. <laughs> well, I mean, you could call him Thick Neck. You just can't call it. Don't call him Thick Neck, Zubin. That's yeah. not you. Yeah. You can say that. It's okay. Only Key can say that. He won't do anything to you. I'm glad you <laughs> said when the show was because I couldn't say oh. when the show was. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Pat. Noon to 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN+. <laughs> Plus. On the way. All four divisional games, two Saturday, two Sunday. What's going to happen? The fellas with the answers early for you. We'll break them all down. It's a full-scale football Friday coming your way as we get set for the divisional round with Bill's legend Thurman Thomas and the one, the only, Chris Berman. Don't miss it with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And speaking of four, you know Bill Parcells, a legend, coached the Giants. He coached Key with the Jets. He coached the New England Patriots. He coached the Dallas Cowboys. And the two-time Super Bowl winner will be with us coming up. And he also up. traded me. <laughs> That's the fifth down. Though today we won't have five downs because there's actually only four he games. He did trade it back for me. <laughs> and Bill will love, run hate, through. Love, hate. I love it. We'll run through all the stories with Bill and Key coming up this morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to that. Bill, of course, was a fixture in the playoffs during his legendary run in the National Football League. And we are upon another round of the playoffs now, fellas. Divisional games, two Saturday, two Sunday. Let's get your thoughts. We'll start in the order that the games are played. First up on Saturday. First down, Rams at Packers. This is an interesting game. The Rams and Jared Goff will get the nod at quarterback are going to Green Bay. A little cold in that area. Jared Goff has suffered at times in cold, coming off hand surgery. We saw him against Seattle last week, came in relief, did a pretty good job. 
But this offense is extremely explosive in Green Bay, but that defense for the Rams is solid, rock solid. Aaron Donald up the middle, Jalen Ramsey on the outside. Should be a doozy, a great matchup for Devontae Adams to show that he can play against a guy like Jalen Ramsey. In the end, I think the Green Bay Packers get the best of that star-studded defense of the Rams. Green Bay wins the game. Yeah, okay, I'm having my popcorn ready for that Ramsey and Adams matchup there. And also I'll say this, because I think this kind of sums up the game for me. And I know the defense is great, and I know Jared Goff is serviceable. But I would take Aaron Rodgers over Jared Goff with a good thumb, a bad thumb, an extra thumb. It doesn't really matter. Aaron Rodgers gets it done. What? An extra thumb. That just, yeah, <laughs> just had to think. That's all. A little creepy, that's for <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, yeah, different, def- different. Definitely a little creepy. Different. It's going to be cold everywhere in the NFL on Saturday. Second down, Ravens at Bills. It is going to be cold, and it's going to may have a little bit of a snow flurries flying around up in Buffalo. Lamar Jackson talked about earlier in the week that he's never played in snow. He's played in it, snowball fight at Louisville, but never an actual game. Their offense is portable, though. When you think about what they're capable of doing, John Harbaugh on eight playoff road games, most of all time by a head coach. When you think about it, the Bills 10-1 at home in the playoffs since 1970 merger. Some fans will be in the stands. Will that be the difference? I don't think so. I think what you have to do is figure out how to take Stephon Diggs away. Figure out if it's Marcus Peters or if it's Humphreys or if it's Jimmy Smith. But you got to take him out, make Josh Allen decide to pull the ball down, buy some time, get the defensive rush up on him, make sure Matt Judon is knocking him around. Calais Campbell, if he finds the second and third wave of receiver, so be it. But that first guy in Stephon Diggs, must get taken out. With all that said and done, the rush game of the Baltimore Ravens is too much for Buffalo. Ravens go in, and they will circle the wagons in Buffalo like no other. I'm starting to agree with you on this one, Key. This is a big boy game for the Bills, you know, playing in the AFC East and winning that great. I'm really glad they were able to accomplish that feat, a division that was dominated for a very long time. Happy for them, but uh, the conference wasn't that great. It uh, wasn't that great. So I think now can you stop the run? You know, and the run game also for the Bills is really led by Josh Allen. So the lack of running, I think, is going to ultimately hurt them. I actually have the Ravens win this game with you. I'm with you. That's a great point. As many of you may know, the Bills are actually a little bit banged up in the backfield in this game, and that could actually prove to be consequential as No Zach well. Moss. No Zach Moss. That's big. You don't have him and Singletary to pair together. That is something to keep in mind. On Sunday, man, there's been a lot of talk about this game. The talk will finally be done, and we'll play a little football. Third down. Browns at Chiefs. This this is interesting. You got eleven and five uh, Browns team going into a fourteen and two Kansas City Chief team. This is the first playoff meeting between these two. Believe it or not, that hmm. sounds like a head scratcher. But right. think about it: the Browns haven't been in the playoffs forever. True. And so when you think that the Browns could go into Kansas City and win this football game, you need to think again. The Kansas City Chiefs are on a roll. This is the Browns' first playoff appearance since nineteen ninety four. That's a long, long time ago. Kansas City's been off and rested. Patrick Mahomes and that group of guys understand what it what it is to play in a divisional round. One step closer to the AFC Championship game before you get one step closer to the Super Bowl. I look forward to watching this matchup. I think Kareem Hunt going back into Kansas City with a lot of emotions will hurt him. He's got to stay tame. He can't worry about what's going on on the Kansas City sideline or in the stands. There's going to be a lot of hostile information being shared from those stands to that sideline for him. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, 
in a running back duel of Le'Veon Bell and Clyde, Allaire, Hare, e. Edwards, whatever it is. <laughs> what? Whatever it is, he has too many names. <laughs> they get the best of the, the Cleveland Browns in this matchup. Whatever it is. Clyde, Allaire, Hare, <laughs> Edwards, I, I, three names. We better package that up and run it back. Like you guys got me with the Clay's Chase pull. Clay's Chase uh, pull. Oh, can never live it down. Here, Key, I will say this, though. The last time the Chiefs blew out a team was the Jets. And that was 35 to 9. Since then, they've been in close games with the Panthers, the Raiders, the Bucks, the Broncos, the Dolphins, the Saints, the Falcons, you know, the, the Chargers, losing to the Chargers. Granted, they didn't play a lot of their players, but I don't think this is going to just be a blowout. I know they have way more offensive options. I, I just like the way the Browns are playing. I think this game is going to be closer than what people actually give it credit for. They have nothing to lose here if you're the Browns. You have This is house money, and they have confidence going into this game. And with that run game, we've seen the formula of success. When, they, when the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, you slow down time of possession. They actually have the pieces to potentially pull this off. Thank goodness the quarterbacks in this next game have the easiest names to pronounce. Yes, that is correct. Fourth down, Buccaneers at Saints. Drew Breezy and Tom Brizady. That's for my crew that's out there. Tom Brady taking on Drew Brees. First playoff meeting all time, Buccaneers and Saints. The Saints have beat them twice in a regular season. It's really hard to beat a team three times. But in this situation, with the guys that they have at their disposal on the New Orleans Saints sidelines offensively, you're talking about Michael Thomas and Alva Kamara. You're talking about Sanders and Cooks. You're talking about a Drew Brees-type situation, Sean Payton dialing up plays. This is going to be an interesting matchup, no question about it. The defensive side of the ball for the New Orleans Saints and Lattimore. Lattimore, get this, Lattimore against Mike Evans this year alone, since they played each other, mm-hmm. 72 routes and snaps, and one, on, one against each other. He has zero catches. Hmm. Zero catches against Lattimore. Jenkins on the other side up against whoever, Antonio Brown or whatever the case may be. They've got to figure out how to put the football in their offensive player hands against this defense that does not give up the goods often. It is simple and plain for me. And you know what that means? It's nepotism. And I'm taking uh, the New Orleans Saints. I got 10 seconds, Zubin, so I got nothing to fit in right there. Key didn't let me any room. <laughs> Come up and breathe. You're all right. The legend, Bill Parcells, is on the way. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.